to the Egolution podcast. Uh, this is episode six, and this week uh, I'm going to be interviewing a good friend of mine, Gideon, for all the way from New Zealand. Um, and the theme of the week is health is wealth. Um, so Gideon's food philosophy is deeply rooted in the alchemical properties and symbiotic relationships with body and mind, as well as the natural habitat. Um, the two of us have a lot in common in that both of our children are of the same age. We've both become parents at a similar time. And, you know, I've always been passionate about um, finding alternative therapies, alternative medicines for healing oneself. Um, but this heightened, you know, since becoming a mum, wanting to find the best alternatives for keeping my daughter healthy and happy it was during my maternity leave that just for a bit of fun really I started Indigo Eats it's an Instagram which has kind of fizzled out a bit but I'm I'm pleased that it began because it reconnected um me and Gideon again uh, who hadn't spoken you know beyond social media chit chat here and there you know since I was living in New Zealand which was in 2014 I think um, and yeah, having similar age kids and both being passionate about feeding our children what they need and keeping them healthy and strong through food, uh, we reconnected. So when I uh, decided to start this podcast, Gideon reached out and uh, expressed that he too would be interested in coming on the show sometimes. So welcome to Egolution, Gideon. Let's begin, you know. It's... Uh... <laughs> we've been trying to do this for a little while now it's been a long time coming it's been a long time coming just want to set the scene a little bit that we met in Auckland that seems like a long time ago but yeah oh. so, some, somewhere over there somewhere, somewhere back lifetime. then before the children and <laughs> 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 um and I, I'm trying to remember the name of that street in Auckland and Constable Road what's it called again Ponsonby Road. Oh my gosh, so much fun. I like that was probably my favorite street in in Auckland. And my sister Emily and I had just been to see Chronics at Ragamuffin Festival <laughs> the day before. We yeah, we went to Ponsonby Road to listen to a a live talk from the artist and his producers. And then we met you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that road was never the same after we left it. Um, it's good times. Good times. Really good times. It feels like another another life ago, though. It definitely does. <laughs> and <laughs> big changes have happened. Um, we're both parents now. Gideon is Israel is Gideon's son, who is just two, right? He's just turned two on the thirty first of December. So. He knew that Daddy liked to party and uh, turned up on the biggest party day of the year. So, um, I am grateful for that. But um, as it turns out, I do not party as much as I do used to anymore. So, the kids are the parties now. <laughs> the kids are definitely the party. No more late nights, only early mornings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless they decide. I'm, I'm experiencing... Uh, late nights and early mornings at the moment because of jet lag. Indigo's body clock is very messed up. She's well, to, <laughs> up, to at be two, fair, up at three. Once you've had kids, there's really no time to have sleep. 
Like there's only a certain amount of, uh, uh, there's only a certain window that you have for yourself. And um, if you don't take advantage of it, um, you basically have the next 15, 16, 18 hours on the clock looking after the, the messiahs, I'd call them. <laughs> they literally are. And that's, yeah. what, that's part of the reason why I decided I wanted to start this podcast. And it was, you know, you were one of the first people that got in touch with me when I said, I wanted to get it started it's because parents you know we just don't have as much time as we would like to have <laughs> for ourselves um and just listening to well to other people but especially other parents to hear you know how they do it how they get by what their tips are what their tricks are um how to live a healthy life keep the mind clean um yeah it's, it's a good platform for sharing in that way and um, I know you you have lots to share, and that's kind of why why we're here. Well, um, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast, and um, good on you for finally um, getting it off the ground and um, having the courage to speak your truth, I'd say, I'd say. Yeah, and I know that we wanted to kind of kick off our first uh, collaboration speaking a little bit about gut health. Where would you like to begin with your sharing? Maybe you could speak a little bit about what you've been doing in the last few years. Um, so in the last few years, I think when you had just met me, I had basically got myself onto MasterChef. Um, I had um, traveled my own little life journey, I'd, suppose, I'd say. And um, at a point, um, I was pulled towards my passion. Um, and um, I, yeah, I basically, off a whim, I'd applied on to get onto MasterChef and received an email saying that I was on MasterChef and um, it took me on its own little journey and um, got me back into my own creative space of um, thinking of why I wanted to change my life um, and what I really wanted to do. Um, and through that space, um, it opened up doors in the last couple of years where I was exploring more of exactly what I say as in what I love doing um, and how I wanted to nourish my body and look at the journey of a more wholesome human being. Um, I've owned a little cafe in the last five years. Um, There's a lot of satisfaction and obviously um, being able to feed people and uh, give service to others. Um, but through that, what I really found within myself was um, being able to explore the benefits of changing my diet. And it started from giving up things like coffee. The first thing I gave up was coffee. Um, and that was just through being able to do my own research and start understanding why people said certain foods and certain things were bad for you. Um, at, at the same time, I was going through my own spiritual uh, awakening, as it were, and it coincide, coincided with um, my diet obviously taking a turn for the better. And within this little journey, I, I've been able to explore quite deeply how the symbiotic relationship of spirituality and uh, diet go hand in hand. Amazing. And um, like, how would you describe this spiritual awakening and how it relates to diet and gut health? Well, what I've what I have found out, and I think it's, I think when you're talking about health and gut health or food, 
it's all personal to how your body works and how your body resonates to what it is you're trying to achieve. Um, in my journey, what I found is that the purer the energy, which would, which we would call prana, that you're putting into yourself as above, so below, um, means that you're more connected to your emotions, to your feelings, to your being, to your aura. And um, through being able to eradicate toxicity within my body, I've been able to, I guess, touch places or, or reach heights that I never knew actually existed. And um, the consistency and change is your biggest factor in being able to see how far you, you, you can actually go in this journey. And um, I've cut out so many things that I, I didn't think were possible four or five years ago. Um, I haven't totally cut out meat, for example, but I've cut back. I'll probably eat meat once or twice a month. Um, most of my meals are, are very light um, and consist of, heavily consist of uh, plant material, um, a lot of salads, and um, all of this is based on source energy. Uh, when you start looking at um, plants, themselves you want to eat something or well, what i've learned is that you want to eat things that are freshly freshly off the food cycle or off um, the earth and mm. haven't been sitting around and uh like meat which obviously gets slaughtered and uh, sits in the fridge for a couple couple of hours or days before it gets on your plate it goes to a supermarket market etc etc whereas if you're picking a fruit or a carrot or picking a salad, it's usually hours before it's on your plate. And um, because of that transfer of energy, as, as you would all know, or as you might know, that uh, light energy is basically what we all operate off um, within this galactic universe. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is what's actually giving us all of our energy. Um, so if you think of a human being as, if you think of us as um, a cell, we're made out made up of billions of little cells um, those cells were divided uh, when you were conceived and kept dividing uh, all the way to what you call your physicality at the present day and the present moment um, now if you think of yourself as a minute cellular structure that's always trying to um, there's always growing you've got to look at what it is that you are actually putting into your body that's generating the best possible you and um, when you relate that to what you're putting inside of you um, it's a no-brainer to start looking at um, vegetables and um, things that have come from light source amazing that's such a, a beautiful description uh, and I think when it's put in that way it really helps us to understand um, or understand you know what we are putting into our bodies and and how that you know, creates inner magic at how it makes us feel good, but simply put. Um, so kids, in terms of um, food and energy, you know, I think energy is a word that is maybe thrown around a lot now. People are often talking about energy. Um, so I think to kind of get a, a deeper understanding of what we mean about this light energy that's coming from food and and what our energy body and what prana really is, can you give a a deeper description of this? 
Um, well, you've got to think of yourself as a complicated houseplant. Um, <laughs> we, we're just all going through a process of photosynthesis. Um, each and every being and every plant and every animal that resides on the face of the earth has got a life cycle, life cycle and um, that life cycle basically is governed by our environment. Um, air, water, sea, uh, air, water, um, sun, um, what was the other thing? All, all of the, the, the five, five earthly signs. Um, and basically what we are all going through is uh, an alchemical process to become whatever we have become manifest. Um, so, so it be a cow, so it be a, a plant, so it be a human being. Um, there are things that are divine towards our makeup that uh, gives us the best versions of who we are. Um, so when we're talking about energy, um, what, you, what I have taken the board, uh, on in the last couple of years by understanding myself is that I am what environment I put myself in. I am what I eat, which is massive. Um, when we're talking about what we're talking about now, you've got to understand that um, most of the diseases that we get, um, that we, we're now finding in people, which is dis-ease, is brought upon by the environment that you've put yourself in. Um, and more so than ever, it's actually what you eat, um, which becomes your lifestyle. Um, and there's so many facets to how the human mindset has uh, been controlled by diet and um, our lack consciousness and our abundance consciousness also ties into all of what I'm talking about. And uh, it does get pretty deep, but there's a lot of things that we have to undo in terms of the way we look at how we relate to our environment. And um, I think as human beings, we've become quite separated to why we actually truly exist. <laughs> Um, and, and when you look at the greater, the greater notion of why we're here um, and why you go to work, it's to put food on the table. Um, and the quality of the food that we're putting on the table has diminished considerably in the last century, uh, in the last couple of years. Um, and we're eating on the go. We're not connecting with um, the source of where our food comes from. We're not holding our food. We're not embracing um, what we expect that food to do to our bodies. Um, For sure. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. When I, when I was in India, I was actually running guided meditations for people to actually touch their food and feel their food and taste their food. But just like, mm. as you were saying, people on the go or using um, stainless steel cutlery, there's this like big disconnection to what we are putting into our mouths when our hands are actually, it's, it's one of our five senses, but we barely use them anymore. And going back to, you know, having kids and watching our kids grow up uh, and seeing the joy they experience from holding and feeling their food you know this connection is is so lost and broken and do you, do, do you agree is, is this something that you you feel as part of our disconnection I, I wholly and truly agree um I've I've grown up I grew up in Africa I live in New Zealand um I've lived half my life in Africa and half my life in New Zealand and there's a certain disconnect between 
um, Western societies and um, how, how we treat life and I suppose indigenous societies um, and that whole circular um, cycle of life. Um, and a, a lot of what we've missed is we've missed the point of why we are alive, um, what it is we're trying to achieve and um, the enjoyment factor of being able to hold, touch, use all of these six senses in coordination with what we expect to see of ourselves. And um, when you start to look at mind, body, and spirit, those things are integral mm -hmm. to your understanding. Uh, they're integral to being a human being. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty sad, really, that um, we've managed to bypass one or more of these little bits of mind, body, and spirit, and we almost function as if we were just our bodies without the spirit or without the soul. Yeah, or even and, missing that that those five senses. And I think it's really interesting that you said uh, the six sense senses, <laughs> um, where obviously when we're just thinking about the body is just the five senses, which mm. we are already disjointed from. But um, the sixth sense, of course, being the third eye, Ajna Chakra, which is the the finer vibrations, like going deeper, um, deeper into an awareness of, and as we're talking about gut health, of what food does to our higher body, our finer body. Um, can you go deeper into what you mean about the sixth sense? Between every cell and every atom, there's uh, what we call life force, which is again that prana energy. And um, you only have to take, you only have to close your eyes, and take a moment to think of how your body has come to be what it is now um, from the point of uh, being conceived. You've, you're only a, literally a makeup of all the food someone else ate and all of the food that you've eaten after being born to make who you are today. Um, and in between that, without that life force in between those cells and those atoms of which you can never break, um, they can never be destroyed. Energy can never be destroyed. You have to start to realize that you are that prana you are that energy in between all of that makeup of what you call your body so you're not your physical outer being you're actually manifest as um, your spiritual self living within the facet of your body and um, what you put in when you, and when we start to talk about disease when we start to talk about uh, all of these uh, pandemics and things that are going on around the world a lot of what's been taken away from our spiritual energy is the knowingness that we are the creator that has created this reality. We are, when you start with your body, you look at your body, everything that you've put into your body is the reality of your own creation. Um, I, I keep going back to this thing of as above, so below, um, and what, what you put in is what you get out. But it's amazingly true when you start to look at um, the finite details of your diet, and uh, in relation to the people that live the longest and what they are putting into their diets and the people that have got uh, issues with obesity, um, heart disease, et cetera, et cetera. You only have to look at um, the lifestyle that's um, giving life to the people or lack of life to the people that are suffering from these diseases. And um, these are things that, come back to what we call the five senses once you almost farm the farm the responsibility of your own life to someone else 
you're almost giving away the only things that we we really consume as our reality here as human beings you know if someone else is looking after your health if someone's looking after the food that they put that you put on your table and you're void of those responsibilities um you get to a place where the mind becomes weak the body becomes weak and um pleasure in itself becomes something that you're seeking on the outside of you as opposed to the inside of you 100%. Um, and, I think, you know, going back to what you were saying about the body being that vessel, it was when I heard an analogy, it was from a yoga teacher in India that I had a few years ago, um, it kind of like dropped a penny for me, um, where he spoke about our spirit um, being a passenger in, in a vehicle, the, the role of the mind to be the driver. And we had to kind of like the driver, the passenger and the vehicle had to kind of all unite and work together. And it was really a matter of... Um, feeding the vehicle the right fuels in order for the journey to be smooth um and it kind of helped me to understand my journey um and again this is something that we've spoken about before that um you know i i was told that my life would go a certain way and my body would um had a certain fate and my mind was weakened by that because i assumed that the professionals who of course had their best intentions for me were right that my life had to be this way because these people were educated and they 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 had the certain badge of a certain occupation that meant that what they said was right and it was once I became more in tune with my spirit through yoga through meditation you know lifestyle and diet you know opening up that higher vibration that I realized oh okay my life doesn't have to be that way I am responsible for that and you know big things changed and diet was the first step for me and i'm in total agreeance with that i'm so blessed to have had food as a catalyst towards my spiritual awakening um it was easier to simulate um knowing this by the fact that i i was in tune with um everything i was touching and everything i was putting into my body once you relate yourself to the fact that animals plants the water the air are all conscious. Um, once you relate yourself to um, the spirit of nurturing, which is rearing all these plants, animals, and everything in nature, you start to find that you're already aligned. Uh, there's a unity consciousness and the bond that we've already broken. We have broken for the last X amount of centuries and years as human beings, uh, where we think we're separate from um, the rest of what. Uh, resides in the universe um and it's it's quite um it's quite a journey that we need to travel as humanity to to bridge that gap and i think it's most important for us uh first-time parents to start to look at making these massive changes towards um relearning what we may have missed in our childhood childhoods uh and start to give back to the younger generation, if you look at any of the issues uh, within the world, within the universe, they're all some way symbiotically related to food. Um, you look at wars, you look at schooling, you look at education, um, everything revolves around food security. Um, and we need to start teaching best practices around the consumption of food um the agriculture um 
you look at things like transportation and you look at uh, pollution, it's, it's all centered around food. You only have to look inside to look at what we've created on the outside. Um, and the mucus, which resides in most people with disease, has been mirrored to us in pollution, in the way we treat each other, in the wars we fight to, to gain more land, to, to conquer more places, to dig up more resources, um, and, and to sell more things on the capitalist agenda. Um, so there's a lot of things that we, we need to, as parents, start to look at, as, at within ourselves and be honest and truthful um, in terms of how we're living our lifestyles, what the true meaning of life is in relationship to what you want to leave as a legacy for those that come after us. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, especially as parents, we have our offspring around us every day and we, we, we can see the difference in, in their health and their well-being and their mood by, by what they eat. And um, I think something that's come up for me a few times in discussions um, about, you know, eating well for children, first of all, there's this perspective that it's, it's difficult to feed children well, um, you know, in terms of their, their tastes, their, their choices, and also that eating well has to be a privileged thing, which um, I strongly disagree with. I feel that eating well doesn't have to cost much. Um, and, and I really think it's an important perspective to kind of try and knuckle down on um, to change that I do understand that there are certain shops that offer you know quick fix meals cheap microwave meals um, you know a lot of beige fried food it can be cheaper but there are healthy alternatives yeah um, I think um, when you dissolve the notion of time and you start to look at why you're here in your existence one of the first things that you need to kind of take on board is how important your body is as the vehicle for your existence on the planet um, without it you cannot be anywhere else um, and once you once you bridge that gap once you assimilate your higher self into who you are time becomes something that's part of the notion of living um, so when people talk to me about I don't have time to cook I don't have time to do this that and the next thing resonates and relates to who you are and your body and your well-being i find that not an excuse anymore um the only thing that you're here for is your mental well-being your physical well-being and your spiritual well-being um those are the mind body and soul um and when you're talking about children if you do not have that time you should be looking at changing your entire life you should be making those big changes, those big steps, because something is out of alignment when it takes you two minutes to make a meal, when it takes you three minutes to make a meal. You only need to look at um, people of the past and um, the way they lived and what their, day, their, their days consisted of, herding cows, um, going out to go forage for food. The entire day is, is based around putting food on the table. And to some extent, what your entire day revolves around is putting food on the table. You go out to go work to put food on the table. Now, if you're in a position where you're extremely stressed out, extremely always um, you know, chasing your tail in a rush and never have time to do the one thing that lets you live on this planet, uh, I think we've, we've got 
you know, our priorities in the wrong place. And um, there's certain things that you can start taking out of your lifestyle that will give you the benefit of being a healthier human being in, in all aspects of your life. I just, in 2022, I just don't buy it anymore. We've all got choices and um, it's about time that um, humanity started standing up for these choices and started banding together as a community instead of looking looking for this self-centered way of living where we're trying to get, gain a foothold on being human beings, whereas our, our time on earth is actually governed by our physical body. And um, again, the importance of your physical body far outweighs the type of lifestyle you're trying to attain. You, we need to start looking within ourselves way deeper than the surface level um, again, on a spiritual level, uh, again, breaking down that ego, egolution, um, dissolving that ego and starting to, to see what it is that gives us the deepest sense of satisfaction. And I can tell you from my own experiences that my health in the last four or five years, because I've actually put a spotlight on the things that make me happy, is 100 times the level of my wealth. Um, and, and, you know, it takes you to places that you never dreamed of. You know, it, it puts you in commune with people that are of the same type of thinking when you start looking after yourself. Um, and one thing that we need to understand is that, you know, for a very long time, we've, I guess we've been told there's a lack of this. There's, there's no food. There might not be water. We live in a self-correcting universe. We live in a self-correcting plant, uh, planet. Sorry. And um, none of the energy that's ever been created has ever been lost off the planet. So there will never, ever be a water shortage. All water <laughs> will always exist on this planet. It'll rain, it'll get dry, and it'll rain again, and it'll continue that way for ages. Um, food has always been abundant from whatever timeline you, you go upon, uh, from biblical times, if, you, if, if you're that way inclined, or whenever you think the world started. There's always enough food for everyone. There will always be enough food for everyone. And um, I think what humans need to get out of is just that notion that I may not have something. We're the all fear. in this. Yeah, the fear. We're all in this together. And I think it almost resonates on a minute level that we almost, our eating habits have come so to a point where we, we eat thinking that we may not have another meal. So you look at the range of food that we're having on our plates in a day, whereas, you know, a couple hundred years ago, people didn't eat meat every day of the week. They ate it once every four or five months on, mm. say, pagan celebrations or yeah. uh, and, you, and things like For that. Sure. And, um, and, and they, they stayed active. Um, people didn't have to have bacon in the morning and eggs and then have a milkshake. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and when you start relating that to your gut health, I mean, you only have to close your eyes and think to yourself, you're a machine, right? And um, this is an incredible machine that you're carrying around. And if you close your eyes and start thinking, oh, well, I've put something that's alkaline, then I've put something that's acidic, then I've put something that's uh, maybe dairy product, then I've put some fruit in there, and then at the end of the day, I've put in um, meat, and then I've put in vegetables. At some sort of level, you've got to understand that your body, 
your stomach, your microbiomes. Yeah, it's it's working yeah. over time. And that really and helped me. That you know that analogy I spoke of before as uh, the as our car being as our car as our body yeah, being yeah a car a vehicle. And you you know if we want if we buy a car that we spend a certain amount of money on and we want it to run for a certain amount of years, we treat it well. We put in one type of fuel, fuel, yeah. fuel and we make sure that we service it regularly. Uh, we wash it regularly. We stop. We change the water. We change the gas. We work on the tires. Um, but all these different food types that you've just described, and we're trying to do that in one day, and we're expecting our body to keep chugging along and keep chugging along without any care for it and what it's what it's doing to the body you know this vessel that is carrying our spirit it's it's wild and 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 these things do create um things like anxiety because because the mind is is you know trying to absorb all this different kind of information and all these different diets and all these different ways um when what it really needs and craves is simplicity and um you know going on from what you were describing there i um, was in, in a mountain village in, in Nepal a few years ago, um, helping to rebuild a school after the earthquakes. And um, I was working with an incredible group of people, mostly women over 80, <laughs> actually. Yeah. And they were yeah. the workers of the village. And they were working from morning till sunset, um, carrying sand like 50 kg on their back um, up and down the hill. Um, sand that the the male workers were breaking from the rocks to build yeah. up this school building and firstly wow you know the age Incredible. of them and how hard they were working um, but secondly it was their diet because we were so high up I can't remember the exact altitude I think it was about two and a half three thousand meters the, the diet literally was dal so lentils that they'd grown and rice uh, and then uh, a vegetable or two a, a day um you know obviously they'd have had more vegetables but it was just stuff that they were growing in this small village and they did eat meat and it would have been like about once a month because they couldn't afford to kill their their cattle the age of them now how many 80 plus year olds do we see, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but do we see in, in our nations, in our societies, it's just very rare <laughs> um, because we don't look after our bodies in this way because we are overcomplicating things. We are taking in too many things. We are disconnected from this energy body that we've been describing. No, this is very true. And um, it's so it's such a poignant effect that you bring up there. Um, I mean, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, and good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's, there's a lot of meaning behind all of what you're saying. Um, and when you start to look at the fuel that you put into your body, it directly affects the way you think. Um, so when you're talking about simplicity and um, what, what society deems as hard nowadays, is actually really breaking down your mind, um, having that mental fortitude to be able to complete things that um, were basic. They were absolutely basic and um, a part of, again, the enjoyment of being a human being. Now, when I talk about hard times creating strong men and strong men creating good times, we've gotten to a point that everything comes to us easy as human beings. Everything has come so easy for us in the last um 
40, 50 years that we've, we've actually lost um, any semblance of why we exist. Um, and, and hence, we, we, we fight petty battles. Um, we look to the outside of ourselves um, to find all these issues in society, yet all the issues reside within ourselves because we don't test our mental fortitude. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I took up um, in the last four or five years was fasting, um, just to break the habit of eating, uh, to give my body a break, um, to give my mental which I didn't know at the time, my mental health, a break from the reliance on on food. One of the weakest things that we teach our tr- children is being re- reliant on food is the all-time savior for any issue. So a child, you know, starts to cry. The first thing a parent does is give the child food and thinks that there's an issue related to the child being hungry. Yes, I know the first few months, the only thing that the child can really communicate is wailing and screaming and crying. But as the child gets older, we need to understand that um, there are other ways that we should be laying a platform for them to deal with their emotions. Um, and, you, I mean, you can just sit there and look at yourself and think, every time I'm, I'm upset about something, what makes me feel better? 99% of people usually say, a cup of tea and a piece of cake will make me feel better. Um, you know, even in romantic relationships, we relate to romantic relationships to food. Um, there's nothing romantic about being romantic straight after you've eaten the whole meal, um, <laughs> if you really think about it. Um, and every single part of our lives is governed by food. Our relationship with food needs to change. Uh, We need to give space to our body to be able to regenerate all these cells that I've talked about and we need to be able to regenerate our our own uh, mental energy, um, separate separate ourselves from our physical aspect, which is our bodies. Um, you You can go a hell of a long time without putting food in your body. And um, I tell you what, some of the, experiences that you go through on on a mental base on, on a mental faculty are just amazing um things that you 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 felt you couldn't achieve um and you were sitting there in anxiety and stress and boredom or what and what not that um pops up nowadays with us not being able to have a meal after two or three minutes once you stretch that time and you separate yourself from your physical being um the power that you have to achieve so many other things, the focus that you can have and regain to, to achieve so many other things that you didn't think were possible is absolutely out of this world. And it's absolutely amazing. Um, now, one of the things that I've taken on with, um, with my child and, um, you know, re- uh, bringing him up is not being the parent that forces the child to eat. Um, and you see it so often where, you know, parents want to make their child sit down and eat, finish your plate. It's almost putting that guilt factor back on them. And they start to deal with emotions in a very uneducated way. They're, they're not able to sit there and uh, process the things that are going on within their minds, within their bodies, and be able to expel that energetic feeling um, and, and turn it into a positive aspect. And 
we've all done that. Our parents did that to us where, you know, you can't have this because you haven't finished your your meal. You need to eat all your vegetables. You need to finish all of this. You need to finish all of that. And I think the mindset around food is your body is innately telling you what it wants at any one time if you stopped and listened to your body. If you had that relationship with your mind, it is always telling you that I need water. I need green vegetables. I may need broccoli. If you look at a piece of cake, it usually tells you that this is not going to bode well with my microbiomes. It's not going to bode well with my energetic being. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, there's a lot. There's a lot that we can take from just stopping, feeling, and it is feeling when you start to bring your your spiritual aspect into what you're doing, your mm -hmm. higher self into what you're doing. There's a lot of things that you don't need the answer to by having a trial and error. You can literally know by just knowing. Our existence has had all these answers from way before we were manifest as human beings. Um, and that, 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 that very knowingness in the other still resides within our DNA. Um, and um, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you what's good for you and what's bad for you. It's, a, it's an energetic feeling. Um, and sure. um, there's a book, The Celestine Prophecies, that actually goes into a lot of what I'm talking about. Um, it's a good book. read. It's a great <laughs> read. And um, I, I think uh, a lot of young children need to be um, read that book um, gradually within their lives. And just, you know, most of those practices need to be brought back in, into society 100%. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, speaking of those practices, just to wrap it up for this um, episode, what practice could you recommend to anyone that's listening for getting more in tune with the energetic body through food? Um, one of my practices is I've fasting, uh, intermittent fasting. I eat one meal a day. Um, my meals are usually between three o'clock and six o'clock in the evening. And that's primarily to give my body a rest. Um, I also started from the point where I thought it wasn't possible. And all I did was consistently shift the goalposts one hour from my usual eating time in the morning and replace that with water to start with. I cut out coffee um, for many reasons that you could research on your own. Being able to rely on coffee the entire time to wake me up, I... Before I drank coffee, I was a perfectly normal human being and taking away all of these things that I thought I was addicted to finally got me to a point where I could realize who I was as myself. So intermittent fasting is absolute gold. It gives you the space to um, achieve a whole lot more things without thinking, I need to eat X, Y, and Z. I mean, I've shifted so much on a weight basis. I've shifted so much excess weight um i've been able to feel alive again um and if it's if it's hard for you to shift those goalposts, just cut out eating things like bread just do one thing every week that's going to get you to a place where you feel a lot better take time to to see how that makes you feel um journal your feelings um be honest with um your journey um and all I can say is keep, keep being consistent and trying to get the best version of yourself. And for all of what we've been talking about leads you to be um, 
basically you become your own doctor. Food is thy medicine. Um, and once you start relating to those senses, the five senses, including the sixth, you become a totally wholesome person and um, you break barriers that you never thought were possible. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. This has been super insightful, super aligned. Um, and yes, can't wait for the next. Thank you everyone for tuning in once again. I hope you've enjoyed um, this conversation as much as I have. I've been really chuffed because a few people have been reaching out via Instagram um, who want to get involved, who want to share their knowledge, share their truths on this podcast. So yeah, keep reaching out. I love hearing from you. Um, and any feedback, any ideas, any points of inspiration, this is all new to me. I am just taking it step by step, following my heart. Um, don't forget to turn on your notifications. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to like. And as always, know thy ego. Know thyself. Egolution. <laughs>